The following is a presentation of the Boston Podcast Network. Podcasting is a great way for professionals to tell their story. Find out how you can get started at pod617.com. After time went on, I, I realized, you know, they can read what's on your what your intentions are before you even go in there. They're, they're that advanced. So if you go out there and you try to chase after them and, and bust your way in there, you go. they told me specifically, through telepathy, they don't like being bothered at night. They don't like it. Welcome to a wicked mystery. A paranormal perfect storm known simply as Monsterland. The Monsterland podcast is recorded live in an undisclosed location somewhere in the heart of high strangeness, just outside of Monsterland, Massachusetts. And now, here are your hosts. As seen on the Travel Channel, author-researcher Ronnie LeBlanc. And as seen on the History Channel, actor-host Maddie Blake. Hey monsters, Ronnie here. So while Maddie recovers from his finger injury, uh, which happened this weekend uh, during a cover band practice for a Black Crows band, <clears throat> I've had to kind of uh, pick up the the weight, so to speak, and kind of carry on and continue with the podcast for this episode as we're heading into Thanksgiving holidays. Um, he's looked to have scraped a knuckle, um, which is extremely painful. Um, he was rushed to the emergency room, uh, which they just told him to leave. Um, so we will have, he, we will be back in full form after Thanksgiving, but I wanted to give you a special treat. Um, I had done an interview with David Engels from, uh, Bigfoot researchers of Newark Valley. He lives out in New York. He's uh, had some amazing experiences with Bigfoot, with UFOs and orange orbs, and he has the pictures to prove it. So if you're using the Adori app, uh, you'll be able to see some of these images. I'm going to plan on posting them on our social channels as well for those that are not using it. So you can see some of these images and let us know what you think. Um, people that remember Scott Varden that we interviewed, there's a lot of similarities here. Um, but also, I guess David kind of goes into what these things are and other experiences with other type of beings uh, that he's had the opportunity to kind of interact with. And his story is pretty amazing. Um also, I just want to say thank you to everybody that came out for the book signing at Barnes & Noble in Lemonster for Monsterland 2, which is Shamans, Sasquatch, Synchronicity, and High Strangeness. Um, you can get it on Amazon. Kindle will be available, but the print book is, is ready to go if you're looking to get something like that for the holidays. Reach out to me directly um, through Facebook or through my website, uh, through the podcast. But um, we'll be back. Talk to you guys soon. Here's David Ingalls. We have a very cool special guest by the name of David Ingalls. And if you don't know who he is, you will know who he is now because the stuff he has out there is unbelievable. Uh, amazing photos and videos of UFOs, uh, orbs, as well as Bigfoot. And uh, David is part of the founder of the Bigfoot Researchers of Newark Valley in New York. He is a retired machinist. He, uh, the cool thing is he used to live on uh, Cape Cod, Massachusetts. So he has some, some local connection here, which most of our guests seem to have, which is very cool. Uh, but we're going to talk to him, and we have a series of photos uh, we're going to go through. But uh, let's have David say hello, and we'll get jumping right into this. Hey, Ronnie. How you doing, buddy? How are you, brother? Good to hear you. Good to hear your voice. Uh, David and I have been um, friends on Facebook now for a couple of years, and his stuff is unbelievable. Um, David, talk to me. Tell me about how this really, uh, how everything kind of got started. I guess people want to know um, how you got into all of this. Well, Ronnie, I'll tell you, uh, I wasn't really, you know, I'm not, I wasn't the kind of guy that was out there looking for this. 
kind of fell into my lap. Uh, I did have an experience back in the 80s where I saw a Bigfoot down in Florida. Whoa. I was on uh, Florida Everglades going down I-75 and saw one standing on the side of the road, got out of the car, and uh, I was hoping he'd turn around. He didn't turn around and see his face, but he kept walking into the swamp. Now, I-75 is, is uh, nothing but uh, two lanes cut through 75 miles of the uh, Florida Everglades, and he must have just stepped out of one side of the, of the swamp across the two lanes, and he was on the shoulder. I just it was the perfect timing, you know. That was my first experience there. Unreal. And and so this, the, the Bigfoot piece, when did that really start taking off for you where, um, well, and we'll go through some of these photos a little bit later in the show, but my curiosity is, is around Bigfoot and this whole connection with uh, UFOs and orbs. When did that start taking off? Is a certain area that you moved to that then this uh, activity started happening? Well, that happened right here at my home uh, in 2015. And um, I was out on my back deck where I'm at right now enjoying the sun, sitting under my umbrella here having a, having a cold one. <laughs> and uh, and this, I was looking to the right, having a cigarette, and I saw this big orange glowing ball uh, coming towards me, uh, passing the tops of these houses. And uh, it passed over got closer, and it passed right over my head, and I'm looking at it. It was very large, probably 20 feet across. It was um, more of a uh, uh, more of a translucent orange-red color, and it had lights that, that passed through it, like, like uh, flickered through it. And it passed right over my head, and what kept continuing to go. So I went into the house, I saw my son inside, and I said, would you like to... Come outside here. I saw something incredible. Maybe it'll come back. So the kids came out, and I said, in my mind, I said, come on back. Maybe uh, show yourself to my family here. And sure enough, it turned around, came back full over all, all of our heads. Wow. That's how it started. Then I watched it, and it continued to head towards the woods. <clears throat> and then I, I hear this loud, unbelievable, it was like an elephant uh, Scream of a wolf and an elephant combined, and every dog in the houses on this street went off the hook and started barking. This is just a dust. I'm like, did you? I look at my son. Do you hear that? He said, Wow, yeah. I go, I'm going in there tomorrow morning. I'm going to see if there's anything in there I can figure out. And that's how it all started for me. So, so the light went into the woods, and then when it landed, or it seemed to look like it landed, you, you heard this scream. A scream. It sounded like an elephant and a wolf combined, and I, I have never heard them scream like that since. They're obviously very quiet nowadays, but when they first got here, oh, they made their presence known. And let me tell you what, these animals, the, the dogs on the street went crazy. You could hear multiple dogs inside the houses here, probably six or seven dogs barking, 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 barking. And that's, that's how it started for me. What, now, did you make any connection when you when that happened? Did you say that this sound is connected to this light, or did you just what was going through your mind? Well, 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 the way I thought about it was like, what is this? You know, what was that that I just saw, and what's this? Because this is normal. I mean, it was just so loud. It was just phenomenal. It was just so loud. It was just like I said, it, the only way to describe it was like a wolf. <laughs> And an elephant combined. It was one big, long, loud, wah, scream. And I was like, wow, unbelievable. So I went into the woods the next day. And I went in there with my son. And, uh, and uh, we started to walk around inside. And uh, I said to him, I said, well, I used, to, I used to deer hunt. So I said, well, you know, I'm going to find out what this is. And if there's something in here, I'm going to find it. Because I know how to track. Yeah. I've, been tra I've been tracking for years. So we went in there, and the very first day that we were in there, the very first time I was in there, I heard uh, tree snap, and I was like, well, what is that? So and as I got in there further, I noticed a tree had been snapped down to like a 45-degree angle, and it was fresh, and it was a green tree. Jeez. Like, uh-oh, something did this. And I looked at this ridge line, and there was drag marks going up the ridge line with these big stretch marks, like five, six feet between each. Big Mark going up the hill. I'm like, okay, find the something. So 
that's basically what I did. And I got up in there and I started finding more things. And I decided to follow these deer trails. And as I was following this one deer trail, you know, a lot of fresh wolf prints and all that, and I found those. And I got to this one area, it was real thick, you know, bushes. And uh, it was like the deer just banged to the left real quick and they weren't going in there. So I okay, something's in there. So I got in there and started uh, looking around and I started hearing noises. And uh, I left that day, went back the next day and said, well, I'm going to bring them some food and see what happens. I'm going to put something out there because I heard about people doing that, so I did that. Okay. My daughter and I went in and we hung oranges on the tree at first. You know, speared them on the branches like shish kebab, you know. And uh, and we go check it the next day. And these oranges would be on the ground and be squeezed, busted in half. It would be like, like something grabbed it, something had it. Like they squeezed it and got the juice out of it or something. So I said, well, I'm going to step the game up on the, a better little spot and started bringing out meat and things like that. And, man, we were taking it, taking it, taking it. Put peanut butter out there, cookies out there. I put all kinds of things out there, and it, it was gone. I even put a bag of frozen shrimp in, out there. And, man, the bag of frozen shrimp was on the ground, finger holes poked in it, all the shrimp gone. I'm like, okay. And the jar of peanut butter, the, the, the lid was unscrewed. It was on the ground. I'm like, okay, that takes hands to do that. Right. Uh, that's what I was going to say is the, uh, you know, how do you know it's not animals kind of taking the food, but the fact that you had a peanut butter jar sealed, and they had to open that to get to that, you have to have hands, right? I mean. Yeah, yeah that's the one that really got me. That's whoa. the one that I'm like, something open this. What is it? You know, it's not an animal. So had to unscrew it, and they had taken the whole entire jar and left the cap on the ground. Wow. And so, and, I, and so you continued. This is when stuff started really getting crazy, is you started uh, what they call gifting, bringing food, and you were doing this on a daily basis? I did it on a daily basis. I still do it. I've been doing it for years now. But in the beginning, you know, I was, I was just in awe about how, what was taking me, you know, what what was taking this. So after about the, well, probably maybe the fourth or fifth day of doing that, I started hearing knock, 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 knock. I'm like, what the hell is that? Knock, 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 you know, coming from, coming from the woods. So fire whistles going up. Anyways, <laughs> here we are in New York. Wow, this can be. Anyway. <laughs> So I heard these knocks, and I pinpointed the area because you could hear where it was coming from, and I ended up going over that direction and uh, decided, well, they're in there, so I'm going to just start talking out loud. You know, I'm going to pick the pick, and I'm going to bang it against the tree and see if I get a response. Lo and behold, I took a, I took a stick and went knock, knock, knock on this tree. And the funniest thing is I'm sitting there on this, down tree, this branch is down, and I'm smoking a butt. And I'm sitting there, and I'm going, knock, 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 and I hear, knock, 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 back. I'm like, thinking, oh, cool. And I did it again, and did it again. And this went on for a half an hour. Just repeating back whatever you did, they would repeat what? the same sequence. Exactly. So I, at that point, I realized, hey, whatever it is, it's trying to communicate with me. Yeah. And, and what was your exposure to this with Bigfoot? I mean, the fact to, to know to gift... Uh, and giving them food, is that something that you've kind of discovered through, through Facebook or, or TV shows? I mean, how did you kind of um, know to go in that direction? It seemed to be immediately you're getting this unbelievable interaction that, and we'll talk about, started escalating even more into some, some craziness. But where well, that's, well, that's the funny thing because I had, at that point, I really hadn't, hadn't been paying attention to any of that. You know, I hadn't been, I hadn't been on the, the sites or any of that. I hadn't been paying attention to all that gifting and all the things I know about now, that just dawned on me like, oh, well, kind of like, I'm going to put something out to see if I can get a bite, you know, like fishing. <laughs> just oh. trying to get the dots, you know? Well, Let, let's, uh, for, if, for a little bit here, if, we, if you don't mind, I'd love to dive into some of the UFO uh, photos um, that can be found on your uh, Facebook page, which is Bigfoot Researchers of Newark Valley. They can also find you, David Engels, um, on Facebook. Uh, maybe we can start with photo one and jump to that for a second, and uh, I'll let you know when we have it up on the screen. But if you can give us some background on this amazing picture that uh, we talked about earlier, um, photo one, that it was part of a video, 
Uh, and so this is, these are some of these, most of these photos from the UFO side are from videos that you had taken, and they're actually stills of that video, correct? Yeah, I have a lot of, of video stills. Uh, you know, I see the crafts, and, uh, you know, I'll videotape them for a minute or two, but, you know, with a minute or two worth of video, you can get like 100 to 150 different stills out of it. So I just started cropping the stills out of there and, you know, looking at them like, okay. But looking at picture number one that you have there, uh, the one with all the colors on it, it's yes. like, like a rainbow. Is that, right. what that was directly over the top of my house. What? I went outside, went out to the sidewalk, grabbed my, uh, my camera, and I got a decent camera. You know, and I got to give a lot of credit to the Nikon Corporation because that camera lens is what's, what's done it for me because I don't think I would have captured any of this without that, without that particular camera. So the, the lens uh, zoomed in. It's just a decent little camera, a little Nikon. Yeah. It was only like a $400 camera, and I looked up and snapped the pictures, took the video, and there it was. And my, my, my son and his friends said, it's out here. So I went out there and would be started videotaping, and that's how that started. That, that was number one. How, how long ago was this photo? Did you take the photo? Uh, that one, I think, was taken in 2016 or, or 2015. It was right around in there, you know, turn up 15 and 16. Uh, and, where, where I, all my activity, the most activity I had it, with, with these crafts were 2015 and 16. So the, the UFO stuff, did that, that kind of started first before you got into the Bigfoot? That was the first thing. Like I said, when I saw this thing coming across the treetops over these houses, that was the very first time. Wow. But, but when I've, I've had experiences with, uh, with, with craft as a teenager back in, back in the day when I was uh, with my friends in high school. We used to go out to this gravel pit around here and go out there and, you know, party like, we, like people just like we all do as teenagers and stuff in high school. Yeah. And we'd see these going red balls of light and they'd be dropping into the woods well that happened for a few nights and then uh, there was like six of us there and, you know we had the girls out there and we were hanging and chilling and we kept seeing these balls of light and what are these and they were dropping in the woods well one night it was like somebody took a light switch turned it off and there's the trap so that happened back oh god 40 years ago now wow and it seems, and it seems to be a for some reason, they're drawn to me. I don't know what it is. But. Yeah, it, it seems to be that um, that this started way, way before, uh, and that's that's one thing that you remember. And there could have been ones prior to that. But I mean, it sounds like you're describing Monsterland, where people go to the the park, uh, you know, they go to the sand dunes, the pits, and by the power lines, and they're partying and they're seeing these balls of light, like you described, these orange orbs. And this was, like you said, 40 years ago, uh, is it, crazy. Um, it, <laughs> yeah, that's when it. That's when a very the first experience I had with them started when I first I saw that. I actually we experienced some lost time too. I was, just, I was just going to say that you, uh, in that case, in that situation, uh, when you're that young, you had missing time. And how how much time did you lose, if you remember? Well, it seemed like hours and hours. It, it just seemed like hours and hours. When we saw that first ball of light drop down in the woods, this giant orb. And it, that's the way I can. It, it looked like a miniature sun, orange. And how, you know? big, how big was it, David? Well, it was up in the air quite a ways. I probably have to say it was up there 500 feet, you know, up there a little ways. But it looked the size of a basketball with your eyes wow. the, at that distance. So it was pretty good size. Let's, uh, if we can, pull up photo two, um, which is another interesting photo. We have it up now. Um, David, is this the same craft as the first photo, or is this a different craft? And, and tell us a little bit about this picture. That's the blue one. I'm looking at it. That, yeah. that's, a, that's a different craft. <laughs> I've experienced so many since this has been going on. That's a different craft, and if you look at that closely, you'll see the faces of this craft. And if you look at it, you know, thank God for the Nikon, because I'm telling you, it puts a lot of detail in, in the picture. If you uh, stretch that out, you'll see the faces. And they look like apes. That's the only way I can tell you. They look like Bigfoot. So in this, in this picture, there, there's, there's Sasquatch in that photo that you can see their faces. You can see their faces clear as can be. Yes, there's a lot of detail in these. These aren't, uh, these aren't what people call in the Bigfoot world blog squatch. Right. <laughs> you know, I've been fortunate enough where uh, after about a year of gifting them, that I think they just decided they, uh, we're not 
we're not going to uh, hide from you. We respect you. We're going to trust you, and we're going to we're going to just uh, let you get our photograph, and we're going to sit and we'll let you see us. And uh, I've seen them many times. I mean, they've jumped out of the trees behind me. I photographed them. One time I was up on this ridge up there, and I was going through there looking for tracks. You know, and this has went on for years. And I'd go out there and feed them, and I'd look for all kinds of things. And, you know, in my mind, I was, oh, I'm going to document everything. So I just documented everything and yeah. photographed this and photographed that. Connected that, you know, kind of thing. Because I knew it was important. And it was just important for everyone, you know, because yeah. this is a big deal, you know. So I'm like, okay. So one day I was up there, up on this ridge line. And I saw this deer, and he was just standing there. I'm like, oh. And I thought I'd start videotaping the deer. And I'm walking up on the deer, and he's not moving. I mean, I'm up on this deer, and he's like five feet away from me. And all of a sudden, he bolts next to me, bumps my hip with his body, and runs behind me. I'm like, wow, what's that? What's wow. going on with this deer? What's going on with this deer? I'm like, wow, that's crazy. And all of a sudden, I, I look straight ahead, and, and this Bigfoot just jumps up from all fours and leaps out. Well... I'm up on this ridge, but I got my camera, so I snapped a still shot of snap, and I jumped out off the ridge, <laughs> and, and I boogied out of there and go in there for the rest of the day, but oh, I got that photo, and it's pretty clear. You can see them. So that's my first encounter with them, with seeing them with my eyes. Now, was that, is that any of the photos that we looked at earlier today in the, in the Bigfoot piece that you just talked about there? No, but it's on my site. It's in there. I've got a thousand pictures out there, at least, that are out there on the site. Uh, we've got a couple of different sites out there. The Bigfoot and the Extraterrestrial Connection, that's on Facebook, too. But that picture is out there for the world to see. I, I to, I'd love to jump, if we can, to photo 21 in the Bigfoot um, collection here. We have it up on the screen now. Can you talk about this one? Is <laughs> You can see the the shoulders, the the head, and this thing is kind of in the shadows looking at you. Talk about this uh, picture, and, and this was a snapshot, right? This wasn't video. 21, okay. One, one second here, i got to go sure. back a ways I'm on. The, the silhouette and the green. Oh, okay. Well, that's, that's, my, that's my fella I call Big Red, yeah? Big I Red. Call, I named him Big Red because he was the, well, he is it, oh, probably the friendliest one, the one that I believe made contact with me out of all of them before any of them. And he, uh, he's actually the one that jumped out. He's wow. the one that jumped out that I snapped a photo of. Well, I think he was, I think he was trying to get a, a meal, and that's that's all that was through that. It was just uh, he was hunting, and you know they do eat deer. I have found. Uh, carcasses of the deer and deer legs snapped. I found bones in the trees hanging, all kinds of things like that. Yeah, they eat deer. Uh, they eat rabbits. I found rabbit legs that are stripped like chicken wings on the trail. Photographed that. And uh, he was the very first one, so I nicknamed him Big Red. Oh. He's, a big, he's a big guy. How, how tall would you say he is? I'd say he's eight, eight and a half feet tall. I think he's around 700 pounds. Wow. So I'd, I'd, I'd put him in the 700 pound range. He's a big fella, real big. Have you done any kind of comparison shots with this particular one, Photo 21, where you can kind of see that, that height? Uh, the big guy that's underneath there sitting down under the yeah. tree? No, I haven't wasted a lot of time with all that comparison shots, but I could go up there. Right. And, you know, go up there. It's, it's easy to get to. I mean, I know the area real well if I wanted to. He's popped his head out, me more, his head out at me more than once. This fella. How, how, close, how close have you come to this, the big red, David? Well, he stepped out behind a tree. He was probably no more than 15 feet away from me. <laughs> I was, and he was upset that day because I was trying. I, I decided to hang his trail camera up there. He didn't like it, so he uh, had a stick. He had a log in his hand. And he was stepped out from behind this tree, and he was stomping up down. And he started whacking that log against that tree and let me know. So I uh, took the trail camera down and boogied out of there for the day. <laughs> That's what I did. What, talk to me about when did you, and if, if people haven't figured this out yet, um, David's connected this, the, the Bigfoot phenomena with um, UFOs and the orbs, and it's all kind of connected, but when did you realize that you were no longer feeding uh, an ape-type creature, but something different, some kind of being? When did that kind of epiphany occur? Well, for, for the longest time, probably eight months, you know, I, I thought, like most people think, and 
Bigfoot community, we all think, you know, in the beginning uh, that they are undiscovered primates. Well, that's what I thought I was dealing with. But um, after a while, about a year, probably eight months to a year, I started having these lucid dreams, and it started with dreams. And these dreams were not normal dreams, and I'm not the kind of guy that dreams much, you know, so you don't get, I don't dream a lot. You know, most of the time I go to sleep, wake up like everybody else, and yeah. get up for the day. Well, all of a sudden I was having these dreams, but these dreams were so, so realistic, but it was like I was looking at them. It was hmm. like I was scanning the area and watching what they were doing. You know, it's like they were projecting this into my mind. So then I realized there's more to this than meets the eye, you know, and that's how that started with me. With, with, with that realize, realizing that they have special abilities. So it started with the dreams, and then then what started happening? What was the next kind of level for you? Okay, after that, it started with uh, sort of remote remote viewing. I had a lot of that going on. I saw a lot of things, but then it started with channeling. Talk, talk to uh, talk to people about uh, remote viewing and what that is exactly. Well, remote viewing is like having a movie camera in your mind and you're looking at exactly what's happening at that very same moment and you're seeing it perfectly. And, and you could be at a different spot and you're looking at us at a, in, a, in a scenario somewhere else. Yeah, I saw the, the group of them everywhere, what they were doing, you know, moving around. I saw them uh, communicating with each other. Uh, they looked like they were almost having a powwow, you know, kind of thing. You know, I, I could see all that, you know, through the remote viewing. And then, and then I went into what I learned, and I didn't know anything about this channeling, because after a while, I hear through this, what I found out later on with telepathy, I hear this word, draw. I'm like, draw? Draw what? <laughs> draw what? <laughs> I don't draw. So draw you, would hear, you would hear this voice in your head that would Loud say... and clear. Loud and clear, and I've never experienced anything like that in my life. I mean, you know, I'm a regular guy like everybody else, chilling, yeah. kicking back, you know. No, never experienced that. And then loud and clear, I hear, draw. I'm like, draw what? what? Just draw. <laughs> so, like, I'm the kind of guy that's going to go with the flow, right? So, so I grab a pencil and a piece of paper, and I start drawing, and I get all these strange symbols coming out, page after page after page. This went on for months. No. I got, I got page after page after page of this. I got maps and everything that was given to me. No, the, Very is, is, do you feel like somebody's controlling your hand, or is it you actually... Kind of just explain what does that feel like? What, are you, what is that experience like? It was just like my hand was just flowing along with whatever they wanted me to do. That's how I felt. It was like automatic writing. I had, I had no clue what it was going to come out, what it was. And, you know, I've got photographs of it. I did document it all. I did save it. So I thought it was worth, worth saving because it was getting to be off the hook. And, <laughs> and, now, you mentioned they gave you maps. What, what kind of maps? Like, of, of what? I got this one map of, this, of, a, of our solar system. The, star, or the moon and the sun and, and other planets around there with names on them and things like that. Wow. <laughs> and I got it. You know, it, just, it was just coming out. Well, that went on for quite a while and I started getting all these other things, this Egyptian-like type thing, so I started drawing them. <laughs> you know? So I, so, so I saved it all, and and now a lot of researchers are finding um, and and are and they're researching the phenomenon they call glyph glyph. Right. You know, finding the wood, yeah, you know, different the branches, and, and and so so you've been finding these glyphs as well along the trails, and and getting these back in the gifting area as well. No, I hadn't. But but with this with this uh, channeling with the automatic drawing, these these letters and these symbols were coming out. I can I would compare them to what other researchers were finding with glyphs. I'm looking at the glyphs and I'm looking at some of the stuff. Like, hey, this looks the same thing. Wow! And, so I, I started to do research and uh, realized at least I I feel that it goes back to ancient Sumerian cuneiform because that's what it looks like. I started looking up glyphs, looking up. Things like that, and, and, and cuneiform came up, and it looked like that. And I think that's what they're trying to communicate, personally. That's, that, like, that's the first form of language is with the glyphs, and, and so you've, you've really kind of connected that dot where you're saying a lot of these uh, glyphs that people are receiving are, are connected to that Sumerian language? 
I believe so. I, yes, I believe that with all my heart. Absolutely. I, I, I believe that there's a big connection there. Let's, uh, let's segue to that because we were talking um, about the orbs. If we can jump um, the photo 12, the, the green and yellow orb, and there's these faces uh, in this thing. And if you can talk about what are we looking at here? Photo 12, let's see. What color is it? I've got so many here. Yeah, it's, it's the green and yellow uh, orb. It says... Um, oh, I see it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's one of the, that's one of the crafts that... <laughs> you're not going to believe this, but they, they park themselves around my house constantly. But the UFOs. Yeah, all the time. They're on my house, around my house, and they have been for years now. Ever since it just started, they're like on all four sides of my house constantly. So and that, that's one of them. They drop down so low... And it's, it's the funniest thing is because people can, you know, my kids are awake to it. Other people are awake to it around now. Not many. But other people, they just, they just don't pick up on it. I don't understand why because they're hanging there like 200 feet in the air, you know, bright like a star. So I just whipped out the video camera and started videotaping. And then, man, and that's when a lot of telepathy started coming through. You know, I could hear them. So, so with this particular picture... This was a video that you took a still from with all the faces in it, and, and it's an orb that you you saw. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's like a, it looks like a star that's hanging really low in the sky. That's what it looks like. It's like a star that's out of place. You know, it's like you know stars are way up there. Yeah, stars only a few hundred feet up. It's out of place. It don't. It's not normal. You know, and that's how it started going up. And the strangest part is when I started to videotape them, oh, my whole body would experience this like. A, an electric feeling, you know, I just, you could sense it through your whole, you could sense it in the entire being, being while you're, while you're videotaping. It was hard to even keep the camera still. Sometimes they, they drain my batteries and suck the juice out of my batteries, but I have to replace the batteries like, a whole lot of times. But, uh, so what was, what were you, so you, what were you feeling that you mentioned that, that feeling that energy, but there was never a sense of fear or anything. It was, it was a, always seems to be like a positive uh, experience for you with, with these encounters. Well, with these ones, there was, there is, there was, there is. Uh, I, I, I have had a negative experience with one of them. And I'll tell you what, that was, uh, we've all had that. Well, my son and his friends, his, his, his buddies um, experienced some things that weren't good. There was a craft that came around and uh, it, it would shock you. It would it'd feel like you're being shocked, you know, like an electric shock. One, and that, and you could feel, when that one came around, you, you just, it was like dread, you know, it was a sense of serious dread, and it wasn't a good feeling. Um, and uh, you go, I went outside, and and, and um, the one, my son's friend, my son runs in the house, says, he's out there in the road, it was in the wintertime, he's laying in the road, I go, what are you talking about, he's laying in the road, and he said, he went out the road, I go, all right, he goes, yeah, 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 I felt like I was being shocked, and it knocked me to the ground, well, there was that bad one that was coming around, and, uh, they did that to me in the house, and it felt like I was having a seizure for 45 minutes. I'd never forget it. And now all these good ones seem to come around, and they've been around me ever since. And I've never had that experience with a bad one since. So, so the rest of them are good. So you feel like you're being kind of protected right now from these, these bad ones? Absolutely. I, I, I know that there's good and bad extraterrestrials around, but now there's, we're just loaded with the good ones. So there's... There's a reason for this. I'm not sure what it is. Do you know what type of beings those were with the, the negative ones? Do you have? Do you identify what kind of? Well, things? I'm not. I'm not sure what they are. The, the, the negative ones, but uh, I think they were. I think they were uh, grays. You know, ones yeah. that the government talks about because there was a. We all had it, uh, but the one my son's friend. He got zapped in the leg. The other neighbor got zapped in the leg. And it feels like electricity going through it. dumps you. They really bolt you, shut you, shut you down. But they really were after me, man. That one night in the house, they just uh, they just zapped me for 30 minutes straight. I didn't think I was even going to make it through. You know? and, and then uh, they, the other one showed up, and, hey, it's been great ever since. <laughs> that's, well, that's, well, the, that's the truth. Well, why do you feel like you're... It's amazing is, is that you're not really having to go anywhere. All this stuff is coming to you. They're hovering over your house. and Why, why you? Why do you think that is? 
Well, I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that when I was out there feeding him and uh, taking gifts out to him, I always spoke out loud to him and told him, you know, I'm not going to cross your boundaries because I found a lot of boundaries, you know, axes and things. And I said, I'm not going to cross in your area. I'm going to respect your area. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to come up to this area because it looked like they were saying stay out. And I would talk to them out loud and talk to them out loud like that. And it just seemed like they just decided, hey, you know, and after time went on, I, I realized, you know, they can read what's on your, what your intentions are before you even go in there. And they're, they're that advanced. I believe that, you know, they're, they're that advanced. A lot, a lot of researchers talk about that, about the, uh, the ability of the Sasquatch to read your intent. And so you're saying that is, in fact, very true and that they're able to do that. It's absolutely true. It's absolutely true. If you go out there and you try to chase after them and, and bust your way in there, you go, they told me specifically to telepathy they don't like being bothered at night. They don't like it. And uh, so it, 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 it comes to, you know, respect. You know, it's like uh, you don't want a, an intruder coming into your house at night where you are. You know, you, you think they're going to talk to you if you're in there busting your way through there? Right. You know, and you're going into what? At that particular time, is their home, their spot, their turf? No. Well, I didn't do that. I took a different approach. I took the approach like I respect you. You know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna just follow around your the edge line, and I'm gonna just continue on with this. Well, it took about a year, and then all of a sudden, all this other stuff started with me. They decided, hey, we, I guess they they, they decided. Well, we're, we want to talk to you, and that's how it went. And you expressed, you were telling me earlier, too, that you expressed the, um, the interest to learn from them and that you want to know more about them. And then that's where um, you mentioned, like, the dreams and then the automatic writing and then the telepathy. And then what, what next? I mean, the, you're a firm believer that they are interdimensional as well. Can you talk about any of those experiences and what, how you came to that conclusion or what, what you saw? Well... I've seen the orbs. I've seen them, you know, flying through the, the treetops, and I've seen them dart and shoot right down into the ground. I've seen them shoot into trees. So it tells me they're, they're either jumping through space and time or they just have the ability to just miss off whenever they feel like it, but that's not what I got from it because I've got photographs of uh, these orbs and I've seen them myself uh, at night, which I did do a couple of times. I'd go down to the woods at night, and uh, I'd, follow, I'd follow the orb in the beginning, and and, uh, and it would look like this orb was, was dripping like a candle. Huh. The, the bright light was starting to drip down out of the orb, and it would drop into the woods, and it would take that form, a biological form, and I got them on, I, I captured that. We've got photographs of them. You can see them clear as clear as So you're saying that you could actually see from the orb, like this plasma liquid kind of stuff dripping from it, and then yeah. that what was dripping became them. Yeah, that's exactly what I'm saying. And if you look at some of these, some of those photos I have, you can see that they're they're biological. You know, they're they're actually taking a physical a physical form before the, I, you know. My my take on the whole thing is they're shapeshifters. They okay. shift. They shift. They take form. They shape shift from this big ball, and then, and then they take that biological form. Now, whether they they cross into our dimension or they just do that, I'm not sure. You know, I'm not 100 percent sure of that. But I do know that this is what they do. They 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 can morph. And that's the term I come up with. Hey, they morph. Look at this. You know. So they're, they're using these orbs. They're really vehicles of, of travel and how they're coming in and out. So they're not in the woods necessarily, in your opinion, all the time, but at night they're coming in being dropped off, so to speak? Well, I know that they can move move in and out when they, whenever they want because I've seen it happen, you know. They'll just shoot up and, and, and up in that ball of light and just take off, you know. So they have the ability to drop in and out when they when they choose. And I think when they find an area, they stay with it. And I think there's something in the area that's uh, important to them. I'm not sure what it is, if, if it's an energy field or what it is. Some, some researchers say there's uh, portals, you know? Right. And uh, I actually have a photograph of what I did see. Yeah, 
do, we do have that photo, I believe, right? Photo 30 is what you think is a portal opening up. Yeah, that sure looks like that. Well, that, that's what everyone says that they are, but that's what it sure looks like to me. Let me look it up here. It sure yeah. looks like, yeah. It, what, what, what number is it, Ronnie? It's, it's number 30. We have it up on the screen. It's um, uh, like a green light in the center oh. of the photo. If you could talk yep. to us about what happened here. Well, yeah, I'm, I know this photo very well. That's actually a tree, and I saw the, the glowing light on the tree, and I looked at it, and I looked at it through my camera, and, you know, I saw the face. I saw all these faces going in surrounding it and I just I just snapped the shot. It was like you know, it was getting so I was getting so wigged out. I was like you know, there was a lot of times where I'd snap these photographs and get the video and I'd just get out of there for a day and we'd go in there sometimes for a week at a time. <laughs> you know, it gets got down the rabbit hole a little bit too far at some point. But you know, I never gave up on it. I I, I still I stuck with it still today. So, so what we're looking at is actually a tree, and there's, there's a, uh, like a, a portal opening up in the tree with the faces around it. Yeah. Uh, if you I look can, at I can clearly can, see these faces. It's, it's pretty insane. Crystal clear. Crystal clear. You know, they, they are interdimensional, and what I've described it as now, and with my other, my other site, since this is all going on, I've called, I, my other site on Facebook is Bigfoot and the Extraterrestrial Connection. So I've, I've decided that uh, they are interdimensional, extraterrestrial, biological beings, which means they can cross in from one plane to another and take a physical form here. And then when they're done here doing what they got to do, they can sit back into that other form and fly out. And, and you think there's something to do with uh, the area that your research is in, whether it's the geology, the, the ground, and whether it's quartz, or, what do you think is going on? Why you think there is a, a portal, or is it old? Um, my my questions always go to the Native American side of things. Is there any connection with that as well with the area? Absolutely, there, uh, there's a, in my opinion, there's a huge connection to, to the uh, to the Native Americans. Uh, well, me, uh, while I was out there, I would. Uh, I get I get a lot of different items, and sometimes instead of the whistling, you know, I whistle. You know, I used to whoop, you know, at them. <laughs> I tried all that, but then I got so that I would whistle, and then I said, "Well, I'm going to up that game a little bit because I'm always I'm always trying to go the next notch, you know, see what I can get out of this. <laughs> right? See what happens if I do this. So I went out and I took a flute, a flute, and started to. A type of a Native American flute that started to, to do that. Interesting. And, and what happened when you started playing the flute? I hear a lot of whoops. <laughs> I hear a lot of whistles. I hear a lot of knocking. You know, I'd hear rock clacking. And I'd hear it from not just one. I'd hear it from like 30 of them. Oh, so they, all were, all, they were all, all reacting to it. All reacting to it. And, you know, at, at one point, uh, they would uh, literally... Uh, shuffle their way around me and have them on all four sides of me. And then, uh, you know, well, you know, I'm out there alone. I go out there by myself. I never took anybody with me except my daughter one time, and she experienced it. And my son, he experienced it too. And uh, after that, as the last of, you know, the next two and a half years, I was out there only alone. I just, you know, it seemed like they would, con would, would communicate with me when I was by myself. Right. You know? That's when I started getting more of the evidence of connecting all the dots. And that's all I did is connect the dots. You know, I get the telepathy and words would come out and I'd look them up. What's this? What's this? I never heard of this before. You know, like one one word I heard was Gilgamesh. I mean, Gilgamesh, what the hell? From, from the Bible. Gil yeah, who is Gilgamesh? And I'm like, I didn't know that. I had no clue, so I looked it up. And I started reading a story about that, about ancient giants and things. I'm like, wow, this is blowing my mind. You know, this there's more to this than meets the eye. So, well, so when you talk about Gilgamesh and you talk about the the giants, are you saying there's a connection here with Sasquatch and them being the biblical? Yeah, I believe that. I believe they're biblical. I believe that people call them Nephilim, but they're not because I communicated with them about that. They said, we're not. You know, we're not that. And I, you know, I, I know they're not. So. 
I can tell you who they are, but I don't really want to go out there. No, we'll, right. No, we won't, we won't go there. Not, not this episode. I did that once before on an interview, and the big brother chopped it out. Oh, man. <laughs> I've only done two interviews, Ronnie. One I know, because I, 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 don't, I, I don't talk much, and I don't, I don't say a whole lot. You know, I put my information out there because I know it needs to be seen. And, and, you know, I'm not a glory hound. I don't like the attention, but I like you, brother. So I'm right, on the phone. Thank you, man. And, and that's one thing I want to point out is, is David, um, his stuff is the best that's out there, and all the, the major researchers, the real well, well-known and the good ones know his work and know about David, and he's turned down so many interviews, and this is the second one. So he's, he's been very uh, grateful to allow us to uh, have him on the show, and we, we appreciate it. So um, uh, my head is spinning, man. <laughs> I, well, you know, I, Ronnie, when I heard you talking about your experiences there in, in the woods out there with uh, where you are um, in Lemister, it was the exact same type of thing that I was experiencing. And that's the other thing I started to do is, you know, I'd, I'd, I'd listen to other researchers and what they were experiencing. And all around the country, everybody was experiencing the same kind of things. It's just, you, just, you, just have to, you just have to take it to the next notch, to the next level. It takes time and when they're ready, they will. Yeah, and it, and it seems that there's been more uh, people like you uh, and others that are coming forward. They don't care what people think, and they're saying, look, here's, I'm not just talking about it. I actually have the, the evidence to back it up. And yeah, have... I do. You know, that's the thing, because I was, I'm, I was big on, well, I'm going I'm I'm to get out, I'm going to document all this, you know. I'm going to get this documented. And uh, the funniest part about it was when I started putting these, UFO pictures, though. Um, I got a call from this professor, and I'm like, how'd you get my number? <laughs> first, first thing Seriously? I said, how'd, how'd you get my number, man? You know, how'd you get my number? David's and off the said, grid, well, yep. Yeah, yeah, I'm trying to stay off the grid, you know, I'm trying, to, trying to not stay low-key with this, because I don't like attention. And I want to bring all that to my family, you know? Right. So, so uh, this guy calls me from Buffalo, from Wuhan. I'm like, okay. And he's telling me I used to work for MUFON. I, I worked for him for years, and I've seen some of your photographs, and I know they're legitimate, and I know, I've seen these before myself. I'd mm -hmm. like to speak with you. I said, well, okay, but I'm this is where I live. And he says, well, I'm from Buffalo. I'm going to drive down and see you. I said, really? He goes, yeah. So I said, well, I'll meet you at McDonald's or something. It was Dunkin' Donuts. And he says, okay, fine. So I meet him there, and he starts telling me all this, all this stuff. And he says, the best thing you can do is to put it all out there, and it'll keep you safer. I'm like, what are you, what are you talking about? What? How are you making me nervous? So, you he, know, so he said, making me nervous. Yeah. He said, put it out. Put all of your pictures and videos out to protect you. That's exactly what he said to me. From get it out there. Get it out there. They, they won't. They won't hassle you. That's what uh, this guy. You know, it's just okay. So I just started doing it, doing it, doing it, doing it. Now everything I got is out there now. It's been out there for a while. It's on my site, so. I, I don't seem to be hassled, but I have had my neighbor tell me that uh, people that uh, look like they're special ops type of people walking by my house, photographing my house. And, and uh, I had an experience in the woods where uh, <laughs> where this, the one Sasquatch was knocking back and forth with me, back and forth with me, having that cigarette. And he just kept doing it. And all of a sudden, there's a stomp, stomp, crash coming through there. Now I'm out there to camouflage. I'm out there with. You know, I'm out there for the woods because I'm deep in this. This is deep, you know, where I am. It's thick. And uh, I turn around, and there's this guy in these black pants, white shirt, dress shoes, pale as can be, walks right up to me. What are you doing? He says, what are you doing? I must at him. I said, what the hell are you doing? Who are you? And he didn't say anything. He just stared at me. This guy comes said, out of the woods. You're in the deep in the woods. Deep in the woods. And this guy comes to you out of nowhere wearing black shoes black pants white shirt pale and just ask what you're doing out there yeah and he wasn't friendly about it either he says what are you doing with a real serious tone now i'm 226 foot i'm not going to take any crap from somebody like that right i'm like well i'm just sitting here enjoying it and i looked right at him and this guy didn't look right and i said this big foot in here that's why i said flat out to him oh yeah he says I said, yeah, and I've, and I've posted it on a couple of sites. 
a name of one fight where I put something up. And, well, I'm going to look into that. And he just turns around and marches off and kept, kept going. What? Never seen him again. What? Now, it gets, it gets even more bizarre, Ronnie. It starts to go down the rabbit hole at this point. <laughs> okay. Shortly after that, my kids are in high school, and they're telling me there's this dude dressed in black standing around out by the school. And then they're telling me on the bus they see him standing out in front of the local store down here, the convenience store. And then my son's friend, he tells me his mother being followed by this black car all over the place. So I'm like, well, wow, it gets crazy because everybody's bringing me the information. And now i got my little team up. Buddies so, out there, my so son. So this is like the, the classic men in black stuff. Exactly. Totally. Exactly, oh. like, exactly like that. And, and, so it was pretty crazy. And that one night, I saw that vehicle, and I was standing here with my son's friend. They just lived two houses down. And we see that car coming up the road, and that car's got the headlights on. I see it because they were telling me about it, you know, that they were following them. And he's experienced it too, this kid. Now, he's been pretty messed up by it, you know, you know from what he's experienced. In fact, he, you know, he, he'll come out and say he knows all about it, but he's kind of like, kind of like staying away from it ever since. Sure. But, uh, but uh, this car came up that one night, started heading towards us, and it vanished. Vanished right in front of us. I've never seen anything like it in my life. It's like, poof, gone. It was in the, the winter. The vehicle time. vanished in front of you? Totally vanished. Totally vanished. It just, poof, just gone. As it was driving down the road. And I'm talking 20 feet in front of us. It just, poof, cloaked right out like it was gone. Sorry, sorry David, kind of losing you a little bit on the phone. Uh, the, if you could speak in the uh, mic a little bit, sorry. Yeah, the vehicle oh, there we go. was coming up the road, and it just vanished. Poof, gone. By the time I could take my head to look to the right to see if it had gone past the house, there was nothing there, and there was nothing behind it. So I don't know what that was all about. What? But, yeah, we were spotting, the kids were spotting the student. The student standing around at the school and standing around down at the uh, convenience store down here, too. And this is after I ran into that guy in the woods. Now, to top that off, it gets even crazier. Because now with my site, I'll put things out. Well, actually, I just put out there uh, a week or two ago. I put out there, I said, well, y'all know me that I have that other site, the Bigfoot and the Extraterrestrial Connection. How would you like me to put some of this together? Yeah, yeah, we all want it together. We want to see this, you know, so I started putting We're it together. Merging the two photo kind of databases of, that you put together and into one. Yeah, because I used to just Bigfoot researches Newark Valley was strictly Bigfoot, you know. I, I, I kept it that way, and in my other site, Bigfoot and the Extraterrestrial Connection is where I put in the UFOs with the Bigfoot information that I had. So now I, now I have merged it together, and what a response I'm getting with it. And we were talking earlier today prior to, to doing this, and uh, finally we've had some, some great weather. The sun's out, stopped raining and clear, clear blue sky, and you were saying, as we're talking, they were flying over the house. When we were... I, I saw two. I saw two today while I was on the phone with you. Another thing they do do is uh, they tend to uh, mimic uh, jets. Some of them will um, they'll have like a small, look like a, a jet uh, trail behind it. Yeah, jet stream, yeah. But, but when you zoom in with your camera, if you got a good camera with a good lens, you zoom in on it and look at it. It's nothing more than a giant orb pushing off uh, some trails behind it. Well, wow, so they are they are morphing themselves into looking like jets to kind of stay stay disguised um, in, in the skies right now. Absolutely, and I have seen uh, drones over my house, many drones and black helicopters. Man, they were buzzing my house when this went on for the longest time. I had them buzz me in my research area over the top of my head for a long time. Wow. I've had I, I got confronted by. Uh, people out there in, the, in my research area that I knew I was being followed, you know, and uh, trucks would follow, would, and like, this guy's following me, you know, this is bullshit, you know, sorry for the language, but, and he's following me, so I'd go in the woods and say, you know, I'm going to do, I'm going to pull a squatch on these guys, I'm going to do what the squatch do, I'm going to duck behind a tree and I'm going to watch, uh -huh. so I duck behind a tree, squatted down there, and I watched, and sure enough, the truck would show up, and I would pop these guys, and they'd have clipboards and stuff. If you start walking around in my research area, you know, I popped out and said, what are you doing? Who are you? Oh, no, we're just in here. Uh, give me some lame excuse like, oh, we're just surveying the area or something, some garbage like that. But I knew better. You know, I knew better. 
you know. And, and would you recognize the same people? Would you see some of the same people following you, or? No, uh, that happened. That that happened twice to me. With that, that happened where I ran into them doing that. But you know, the the choppers were buzzing me. They were buzzing my house. I've had my cell phones fried. I've had iPads fried. You know, something's going on. Actually, I was out on my front porch one day, and uh, something was up there, and it hit me with, like, the only way to describe it is, like, smoke rings, but it was, like, smoke rings of energy, and I could feel it hitting me, boop, 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 like some kind of an energy thing, like smoke rings passing through my body. And, uh, yeah, there's a lot to this I don't understand, I don't know, but I do know one thing, they know. And I'm going on a record for that, they know. They're, they're watching, and, and you mentioned too. You're in your neighborhood. Um, the neighbors are aware of this activity, and also these, the surveillance of these other. Sure, my one neighbor does. She's a professor at one of the, at the college over here. She knows. She's wide awake to the whole thing. I've experienced. I've been sharing it with her, and she's she's been paying attention. Yeah, she's on. She's on to it too. Yeah, wow. there's more than there's more than just me around here that knows. Unbelievable. The people in the neighborhood are not. Not a lot of us, but some of us definitely know. One time I went down into the woods down where, where my research area is, I went to this house, and, you know, in the beginning, because I was finding all these tracks and all these, you know, and then I started photographing, and I started seeing them. I went to this house, it's right next to the house, and I saw the lady out weeding in her garden out there in front of her house, and I asked her, hey, yeah, just out of curiosity, you know, me knowing, I already knew what I'm doing. So I figured this woman was right next to my research area or house. So I wouldn't ask her if she's seen anything weird. Yeah. This is where it gets. This is where it gets good. Have you seen anything strange or heard anything? She said, "Yeah, well, let me tell you something." One night, our bedroom faces the the hillside there, and we heard we heard a deer being killed. We could hear, hear it getting dragged up the hill. And I'm like, "Real?" And she goes, "Yeah, we heard it, and it was something was dragging it up the hillside." So uh, you know, it all clicks. You know, you start adding the dots connecting the dots, right. you know, it's all going on, so it's all part of the package, so, so I started realizing, you know, and that was in the beginning, that, yeah, this is all going on, you know, yeah. and, you know I am where I am now. You're right in the middle of it, you have everything, like the, like Monsterland, where it's the, the orbs, the Bigfoot UFOs, and you got the black helicopters, the whole nine, it's, and, so what, for you, I know we, uh, we're coming to the close, uh, the final couple of minutes here, but what's... What's the message that you think needs to be told to everybody out there that you think is coming? And, and I know we talked a little bit about this, but love to kind of give you the floor and just kind of say your piece. But I want to have you on again so we can kind of take this into part two. But love to hear from you um, what you think the message is for everybody. Well, from my experience uh, with the with with a giant craft, the orb that well, my other half and the kids were in the house and. I said, come outside, there's one out here. And they all came out and saw it, and they all booked into the house. Uh, not me. I just went out to the road and stood there, and this this craft dropped down over my head. It was 30 feet above my head. It was like a, I got a photograph of it, and I did post it. And uh, all I felt from it was, well, the only way to describe what I felt from that experience was my entire body felt like, Love. I was being loved. That felt like love. I could. I experienced. If it was any kind of, a, if you ever experienced a godlike thing or a spiritual thing, I've never had that in my life. Well, that was it. Because that's I. I you could feel it. You know, whole body was like beautiful. So there's something good coming here with this. So and I believe that. And I believe that there's an energy. I think we're passing into uh, another. Uh, our solar system, I think, is going to merge with another solar system there with other beings, and I think we're going to see them. I think it's an opening of inner consciousness with everybody, and I believe that has to do with your heart. I believe it has to do with your heart and, uh, you know, the love for the planet and all that. That's that's where I'm at with it right now. Yeah. I think it's going to be a great thing for everyone. Well, and in, But in the beginning, the fear was, the fear was unbelievable, but they walked me through a lot of the fear. They took a lot of the fear away. Because, man, I used to be scared to death of what was going on. I mean, literally leave and not go in there for days. And not even sure if I even wanted to go back in there. You know, yeah. but I kept doing it. I kept doing it. Well, and that's where I, I, 
I can't imagine what you've gone through and the, and the courage that you've had to kind of keep on pushing forward and, and, and not only taking it to the next level in regards to finding stuff out, but then sharing it with the whole world and everybody. I mean, you're known around the world now for this stuff. And uh, I just want to say thank you for taking the time to share with us. And I hope you'll um, you know, have the opportunity to come back on again. We can do a part two and talk further about this. But well, it's my pleasure, you know, and I'm not, I'm not some glory hound and I'm not looking to make a million dollars or anything like that. This is an experience that I, you know, everyone needs to know and everyone needs to, to share and hopefully everyone will experience it because they're here. Right. They're here. Thank you for joining us on the Monsterland Podcast. If you or someone you know has an experience to share or if you have questions... You can reach us at monsterlandreport at gmail.com. Find us on social media at Monsterland Pod. Until we meet again in Monsterland. Monsterland.